1: Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. That's Danny Connell. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. It is your favorite time of the week. Every single Thursday, you come to the Cover 3 podcast for the same things, and it is to come get these locks. Gentlemen, we've got uh, our first week in the books. We'll uh, we'll review the, the results here in just a little bit, um, but how are we feeling? Remember the rules, minimum three, no max. How are we feeling as we have got our arms wrapped around a little bit more of a not quite full slate but at least one where you know you've got some some choices out there
2: feel better than last week i still don't feel good this is not going to be a. this is the confidence in my voice is not quite there yet but uh anything will be better than last week that was that was kind of a mess
1: i was gonna say it'd be hard for you to do worse
0: (laughs) well you could could go go over four four yeah five (laughs) that's worse
3: well, I was gonna say, as my first week uh, on the Locks Pod, I just had one goal. I just didn't want to go over because, like, mm-hmm. if you go over, it sets a bad tone. No offense, Barton, but you just want to kind of <laughs> keep the keep the goose egg off the board. I'll take five hundred all day long. But I will say this: I know the advice is tiptoe in, start of the season, don't go big, avoid too many bets. I'm so fired up. I got like something on every game. Now I, yes. I'll, I'll tone it down, but I'm yes. going to be really tempted to jump on board with some of your guys. I'm
1: sure. All right. No, just fire 10 fire 10. Yeah,
0: minimum. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, let's review the action from last week. Tom finishes two and one, the wins being the Southern miss South Alabama under 56. And then the Memphis and Texas state under 74. Um, that the loss being Middle Tennessee plus three and a half against Army. Now we we had that as a that uh, was that was a, a three way loss right there. Barton also taking that loss and a, a loss that I guess the the fun part there is that you got to you you weren't stressing about it right. I mean how at what was it at 14-0 that you bailed on thinking the Middle Tennessee could get that cover or was it twenty one nothing.
2: No, it was zero zero. The fumble
0: after that <laughs> fumble,
2: the I beginning. was out. I was like, "This ain't happening. This is not going to be the night."
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, it, it was pretty early. Like, I think logically, when it was still fourteen to nothing, I'm like, "I'm still alive. We just need one, two plays here, and we're back in." But I think, I think in my heart, I knew right from the start that that had absolutely no chance of, of coming through.
3: I made a rookie mistake too. I wanted to get in with Unity and I didn't have anything on the game. And then I was watching. I'm like, ooh, I can get this at uh plus 16 right now. I'll get it on this. And then, of course, it just completely imploded. So I actually should get a loss for that one. But since only the locks are locks and those are the official... I'll take it as a uh, a no contest.
0: Yeah, what you do on the live line, or what you are prevented from doing on the live line, because <laughs> the score is moving too quickly. All that is outside of the purview of the locks yeah. dock.
2: Yeah, you may be in the poorhouse financially based on what you've done outside of the locks, but if you've hit on the locks, then you're 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 rich in in the glory of the Cover Three podcast.
0: Two and one for Tom. That is plus one. Uh, for the week and on the season Barton we mentioned it it's an offer. he jumps in on the middle Tennessee Army loss he tried to get a lock fight going so that is a that is a lock fight win for Tom chip and Danny as he takes the L on the Memphis Texas State over 74 then Navy BYU under uh, BYU covered that total by themselves uh so that is is zero and three start for barton as you mentioned before you didn't you you tried to put a surgeon's general warning on your picks i did it feel i did feel like
2: they I got feel like <laughs> I, it was one of those weeks in fact i i missed our first lock infinity hit because i i i felt like the under like the under felt like the right play to me but i was so Uh, I was so sure that I didn't really know what I was doing week one that I was just going to like fade the obvious play and hope I hit. Um, If I could have been our first big United lock infinity, but uh, I didn't, I didn't cash in. Sorry guys.
0: Oh, for three on the, uh, on the week and on the season, Uh, spray the board weekend for chip Three finishes three and two. The wins being that under between Southern Miss and South Alabama, the under in Memphis, Texas State, under 74, and then never a uh, doubt BYU minus one and a half. As I was right there with you, Barton, the under did not even come close in Navy BYU. That was a loss. And then also the middle Tennessee plus three and a half. That was a loss. Three and two to get started here in 2020 and Danny taking a rough start. You mentioned it early rough start. We got the um, UAB central Arkansas under that ended up being a loss. Then you get the the Memphis minus 19. You got a, uh, you know, Arkansas state creeps back in that, but the under does hit. So in your tag team on that game, you go one and one. Then we're coming back to finish at 500 BYU minus one and a half. As we mentioned, never a uh, doubt. Are you guys ready to lock it up?
1: I am ready. So ready. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Since 2005, when Service Academy's Go get these
0: locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. The
1: under is 33.9 one. We've gone over million times. You want
0: these locks.
1: I'm, I'm I'm living and
2: dying every every point every cover.
0: All right, so between three and two or two and one, Tom, I'll I'll let you take honors on the tee box.
1: I I think three and two should go. Three, three and two, and two. Oh, yeah. All, all right, right. Yeah. get after it, Chip.
0: Well, let's. We've been talking about the game all daggum week. So I'm going to go ahead and roll it out there, and I'm going to see who else wants to jump in. On this caravan to Ames, Iowa, where Billy Napier is taking a physical and balanced Raging Cajuns team in against Iowa State. We said that the Sun Belt looked good in the first week of the season, and if the Sun Belt is going to continue, then I think that we are going to see it here in uh, maybe a little bit of a... You know, maybe a little bit of a stun, a shock to the system. Maybe Louisiana goes up 7 nothing in this game. Maybe Louisiana goes up 10 nothing. We got uh, an Iowa State team that gets a lot of shine because of its coach, gets a lot of shine because of its quarterback, but I, I think that while the Cyclones probably do end up winning this game, when I've got it north of 10, uh, currently looking at it at 11 and a half, I love the Sunbelt Championship contenders on the road against a power five team. Give me Louisiana plus 11 and a half. Lock it up.
1: What if I told you you can get 12?
2: I will take 12. That sounds like a man that shopped around for a
1: line. <laughs> <clears throat> no. Well, I mean, I, I have a play on this game, but it is not it is not Louisiana, so I am aware of the lines. Does anybody okay. else have a play?
2: I'm Ooh. not on it. I mean, this Ooh. is probably, I've got five picks. I've got five plays a day, so I'm still trying to stay a little bit a little tentative here. This is this would, you know, if I had to go with a six one, this might catch it um, on the same side as ship. I I, I think that um, I like Louisiana to be competitive here. You know, one hesitation I have is this. Uh, this feels like it's starting to feel a little trendy. Like I feel like I've seen mm. a lot of stories like out there mm. saying uh, headlines being like up like uh, uh, like possible upset on the horizon or like upset alert or whatever. So. You know, maybe this is you know I, I, that that's one thing that gives me a little pause. But I think you're, I, I, I think you're on the right side.
3: Danny, I don't, do I don't think he's on the right side. But I don't feel confident enough. I because I'm, I feel like this is getting to be. I don't know. I I just don't love this game. I don't have a good feel for this game. I I like Iowa State. I'm starting to buy into some of the hype that's there, but I do think it's becoming a little bit too over the top. I just don't have a good feel for this game, so I'm not going to touch it.
1: I am on the under, Chip. You're going to be excited to know that while it doesn't quite meet the wonder conditions yet there is a wonder in play there are the temperatures are supposed to be in the upper 50s lower 60s overcast with winds between 8 and 10 miles an hour and we all know what winds do to football games so i'm on the under i'm taking the under 57 i like that i think that is the better play i think that this is a sneaky matchup and i do think you know i've kind of been driving that train on Louisiana as the team that I think is the best one of capable of pulling off maybe a shocking upset this week. But I'm still not as comfortable with that as I am taking the under. I think at 57, it's 56 and a half at a lot of places, but you could find it 57. I think that's, you know, that's that's a key number right there on that eight touchdown kind of mark. And I think that Louisiana is a team that in this game, if it's going to be able to compete, Is going to want to try to, you know, limit possessions and slow things down, because I think that if they try to go, you know, toe to toe with Iowa State over 60 minutes and try to keep pace with them, I think that they just don't have the horses to keep up. So it's in their best interest. So because of that, I do lean towards the Cajuns to cover. But I think the under is the smarter play. And that's where I'm starting my week one.
0: It's going to be windy in Ames. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we got two on the board, a play on the total and a play on the side in Ames as uh, Louisiana and Iowa state are going to get our Saturday going. I, I suppose I should have mentioned this already. Does anybody have, as we were here at the beginning of the podcast, a play on UAB Miami? I'm going to play it. Yeah. Let's go. Take it away.
2: Um, I don't feel. I don't. I'm not playing the side. I'm playing the total. I, I'm playing. So I, I. I think UAB gave us a gift last week when, what was the score? It was twenty like twenty eight to seven I want to say heading into halftime and oh, then they had a yeah. Central they, Arkansas they came a, back. Yeah, they had a. They they threw an interception. Uh, Central Arkansas returned down to the five yard line and then punched it in, uh, and then they were just sort of had a chance to just sort of uh, bleed out the clock and uh, Central Arkansas caused a fumble, scoop and score for a, a touchdown. So all of a sudden it's a seven-point game going into halftime. There was one more drive that uh, Central Arkansas had that was like a 15-yard drive for a score. I, I think that you look at that score and it's 45-35 to 35 and you're like, oh, Central Arkansas FCS team put up some points on UAB. And I, I think that that allows – I think that allowed that number to creep up, maybe a little bit higher than it should be. That's at what's the number at Tom? Fifty-five. What, what's the highest that like you'll give me? Fifty-five.
1: Uh, fifty-five is where <clears throat> you can get it. <clears throat> all
2: right, so I'm going to go under fifty-five. Like of all the things that could happen in this game, one that one that I don't see as a realistic scenario to me is UAB putting up a big number on Miami. I could see Miami potentially putting up a big number on UAB. I could see both teams having trouble scoring, and this is a collective rock fight. But I think UAB, like I think Miami's defense, is something that I've, I'm pretty confident in, will be really stout. And so, because of that, um, I just I think that the the smart play, the safe play, the correct play is the under 55. I am on that as well
3: for a lot of the same reasons. Has I think this is part of the, hey, let's pay attention to some of the headlines. Anybody notice that UAB has multiple players out? I've seen a couple and I've seen multiple. And that to me is the definition of coach speak when they don't want to tell you how many players are not going to be playing for the game for UAB. Don't know who the players are yet. They're not Uh, starters.
0: We know they're not starters.
3: Depth becomes an issue. Uh, So you've got Miami's defense was 13th in the country last year, finished UAB I had nine starters returning from the eighth best defense in the country. So I think you've got two solid defenses going at it. I would expect like the De'Ara King, you know, experiment this year. I think it'll be a little bit bumpy. I think they'll be fine. I think Miami wins this game, but I think it could be a little sluggish. Uh, I think UAB's best approach is to try to run the football in Miami. I don't know how successfully they're going to do that. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, plus 79% of the money is on the over. And I think that is the, the money anticipating, hey, Derek King, high-flying offense, let's go. They're going to put up some fireworks. Um, so I'm going to take the under with Barton.
0: Okay, so everybody's got I like it. Yeah, we we'll got look. some
1: Thursday night lock unity. Yeah, let's go. For,
0: for, for,
2: for those um at home listening on the podcast, we're, we're on video right now. And Danny just got done with the run and he looks like Iceman in the showers with the towel <laughs> over his shoulder. So I feel like Maverick and Iceman just sort of had a truce in the in the steam room. Just make sure your wives don't come in to, to the podcast taping. You
3: know, I wouldn't want to make you guys look bad.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, Tom, what's uh what else is on your card?
1: All right. I'll I'll move to one of the uh, the quote unquote bigger games of the weekend i am going to take the clemson tigers what's what's the best number i can get right now
0: 33 i think it's pretty
1: clean mine all 32 and a half at william hill all right i'm taking clemson minus 32 and a half at wake forest i i mean listen i know barton's a huge wake forest fan and he's probably going to get all defensive here but (laughs) Clemson is the number one team in the country starting the season for a reason, and it destroyed the ACC last year. Not just straight up. The Tigers went 8-1 and one against the spread against ACC teams last year. They won those games by an average of 36.8 points per game. They covered by 6.2 points per game. When these two played last season, Clemson beat it 52 to three. And I think that no matter what your feelings are about wake forest, I think we could all be a little confident that this Wake Forest team in 2020, considering what they lost, probably not as good as the Wake Forest team in 2019. So I think that makes me more confident. If they could beat them by 49 last year, I know that there's some question because of the layoff and how the teams are going to look in the first week. But I just think Clemson is so good that they're going to be finding just some more trends to fire at you guys. Clemson. 10-1 10-1 against the spread the last 11 times it's been a favorite on the road. 11-2 against the spread in its last 13 road games. 19-7-1 against the spread in its last 27 ACC games. You know that I am not the kind of person who likes taking nearly five touchdown favorites as a lock. But I am so confident that Clemson is just going to mollywop the Deeks, And this thing will be over by the third quarter. Anybody, Anybody else know? on it? <laughs> I, I'm on the
3: game. I'm on the game. I love the way you're thinking. Uh, Trevor Lawrence should ball out. He's had two of his five best QB ratings against Wake Forest. Um, they're their eight last eight games versus Wake. They've won by at least fourteen. I know that's not anywhere close to the uh, thirty-three, but I just feel like they're going to cruise in this game. I got a quote from you from one Dave Clawson. I feel Uh-oh. I feel like a a really bad mistake was made on this podcast by missing the Kenia Amatololo. Hey, we're not going to tackle up to this game, which I think was such a massive mistake. Dave Clawson was asked about his uh, usual two to three scrimmages this year, but he only had one and a half, and he followed it up with this: We have tackled but not nearly as much as you usually do, Clawson (laughs) says. And I have no regrets doing that, regardless of what happens on Saturday. To me, it was the responsible thing to do. I think that's probably the Kenny and Matalolo mindset going into that game against BYU. That makes me nervous. I think Wake could get shut out. Uh, No Sage Sherratt uh, is off to the NFL. I think this offense is going to struggle. I think you're going to see Clemson roll. I'm going to take the under- What's the best number I can get here? 60 60? 60? Uh yeah, 60 and a half at William Hill. I'll take the under 60 and a half.
2: Um that is uh that's a great quote. Danny, that's a good find. I think I feel like Dave Clason is just begging me to take Clemson here I feel like this is like there's like Britney Spears and her, like her Instagram videos like wearing yellow to sign signal that like she doesn't she's she's no longer capable of uh, or she's in <laughs> captivity or whatever like I think Dave Clawson is saying like listen guys we're about to get our asses kicked and I'm all about the safety of the players here not about winning football games uh, yeah I mean I, I, I'm this is a this is a this is a favorites week. This is a favorite season, probably. Yep. So, yeah. Let, let, me, let me hop on, on Tom's back on that Woo! one. I,
3: I'll and, get on Tom's back on, on the <laughs> minus 33, too. I'm talking myself into it. I'm getting on that one well.
0: And I'm going to get yes. on Danny's back on the under 60. <laughs> oh, <that's> a- <laughs> so, we're not running three wide. Oh, yeah. We are running three wide, right? We're running three wide on Clemson minus 33, but not four wide. But, and this was an executive decision made by the Cover 3 podcast, executive council, um, the the chancellors and presidents of the Cover 3 podcast. Our bylaws have been called into court, and our bylaws have stated that unanimously voted changes for the Locks podcast. Lock unity requires... Three out of four. If we go four wide, that will be introduced later, potentially, if we reach it. But since we got three on Clemson minus 33. We here we go. We so here we go. A lot of action.
2: To, to clarify, 32 and a half. 32 and a half. So 33. Got to let the people know
1: we're going to be celebrating at 33. 30- With the finish of his 33-year-up.
0: 33-year-up. And uh, the thing... It's officially
1: college football season now. (laughs) We we got Latifah on the pod. The season is real now to me.
0: All right. So, Clemson is going to put in their second stringers, and their second stringers are like Miles Murphy and Brian Brzee. Like, there is no... There's no moment where Wake's offensive line is going to feel comfortable in this game. They are going to be getting whooped for four quarters, Clemson It's too bad. It's not a home game because they would play all 110 players in this game. And even playing all 110 players, you're still going up against just some, some freaks on the other side. This is uh, this is absolutely going to be a, a mercy rule game. I mean, maybe, maybe we get running clock in the fourth quarter. I mean, who knows if we're that concerned about player safety, maybe Dabo and Dave Clawson are coming and they're saying, you know what, let's just, let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, All right, nice. Danny with three on the board, Tom with two, Chip with two, Barton with two. Uh, I will take us to the ACC conference debut of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I'm looking at this game against the Duke Blue Devils in South Bend, and I'm thinking about, you know, the the way that this Notre Dame team is made up, my one question is, is where is the explosiveness on the outside? Chase Claypool, thousand-yard receiver last year. He and Cole Komet were most of the the passing attack. Now, I don't think that there's an expectation that any one player can replace Chase Claypool or the two tight ends they're going to use are going to be able to be as impactful as Cole Komet. But I do think that this leaves us with a Notre Dame team that, you know, is just going to run the ball well and play great defense. They got one of the best offensive lines in the entire country. And then Duke, the thing that I am most confident in with the Blue Devils is not Chase Bryce or the offense, but it's actually the defense. And so if Notre Dame's not going to be, I don't think that Notre Dame is going to be able to hit on a lot of explosive plays against Duke's defense. I think it's going to be very much just sort of chewing it up, being efficient, and I don't think that Duke is going to be able to be all that successful offensively. The number feels good. Great. Like, I think that whether you got it like 19 and a half, 20, 20 and a half, I see this playing out somewhere around 30 to 10, 31 to 10. So the side, I don't have a good take on, but that right there is about 10 points shy of where the total is at. So I will be locking up Notre Dame Duke under 54
2: and a half. I'm playing this game. Uh, I think this is, an, this is a favorite. This is a favorite season. This favorite is a favorite weekend.
1: Week. Wow!
2: <laughs> this is this is not a Duke team that I am confident in. Uh, they might change my mind this weekend, and then I will adjust accordingly moving forward. But I don't think Duke is talented enough to slow down. Notre Dame. I don't think Duke is talented enough to score on Notre Dame. <clears throat> I think this might not be a, uh, you know, this might not be a laugher. This might not be a game I'm, I'm, you know, tallying a win in the second quarter with. But I think that this is one where over the course of four quarters, Duke just can't, can't keep pace. Uh, I think Notre Dame has a chance here in the first week of the season to make a statement about their presence in the ACC. I also think Notre Dame, in a year in which it takes, like, you know, we talked, this is going to be a recurring theme with me, like cultural identity, leadership, accountability, discipline. I think this is a team that, that Brian Kelly has been very vocal about, that he does have really strong leadership. He does, this is a this is a professional group of players, uh, even for by Notre Dame standards. So I just think it's the type of team I bet on Going into the year. So, um, because of all that, because this is is the year of the favorites and the week of the favorites, I'm going to go Duke minus 20.
0: Notre Dame,
2: you mean? I mean, sorry, Notre Dame minus 20.
3: Tom, are you on this? Are you? I'm not. I I don't have any conviction either way. What makes me nervous, I'll see if I can put a little fear into Chip or Barton because I think it comes into play with both of them. I think Notre Dame's going to win. I'm worried about the Notre Dame public effect of the betting that comes in. 68% of the bets are on Notre Dame. Shouldn't be a surprise. You know, There's a large following. People love to play Notre Dame. I'm also worried a little bit about a backdoor cover situation with David Cutcliffe wanting to get extra reps, got a new quarterback, and he's also, as the offensive coordinator, he is a really good offensive mind. He is a guy who figures out things, will never kind of hang it up. I worry about sort of a backdoor cover that would hit both, the point spread and the total like that it could go over in a situation where you get a late score or two,
2: but I don't, I don't love it. I, I don't, I'm not playing it. I could see a backdoor cover,
1: I, I but I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play scared this year. There guys. you go.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> don't worry, Parton I, I got your back. I'm also on Notre Dame minus right. 20. Uh, <laughs> this is, you know, it's one of those situations where when you look at this matchup, like I, We've talked about you know backing talent, but it's also a situation where Notre Dame, and I think this is going to be something an advantage, especially early in the season for a lot of teams, has a veteran quarterback coming back in Ian Book. He's somebody that knows the offense, even with a new offensive coordinator in Tommy Reese. He, he knows what he's doing. Meanwhile, you look on the other side, Duke's breaking in a new transfer quarterback who really had a truncated offseason and probably hasn't had as much time as he would need to get to know the offense or get ready for the season as you would want. And I just think you add, then you tack on the talent advantage. And I know Duke has some very good players on its defensive line, but overall Duke cannot compare to Notre Dame as far as talent on the roster. So I think that this is a situation where as long as it's under three touchdowns, like we're getting it at 20 or you can get it at 20 and a half, I'm pretty confident that the irish are going to be able to cover here but if we want some trends to back it up last year as the favorites notre dame was eight and three against the spread they are 24 18 and two against the spread when they're favored since 2016 and furthermore it's just at home they've gone seven and two in their last nine home games meanwhile duke not been great. It's one in four its last five times as a dog, and it's one in five overall. So I look at this as a team that last year just really kind of took a step backward that wasn't as good of a Duke team as we were used to seeing, and obviously losing Daniel Jones likely plays a role in that, but I don't know that I think Chase Bryce is Daniel Jones and things are going to improve all that much. And I definitely don't think that they have the, the firepower to compete with Notre Dame for 60 minutes. So I think that this this might be close for a half, but I think the second half actually Notre Dame pulls away. I'm not scared of a backdoor or anything.
0: You know that it's uh, it's the season when we've got Latifah. You know that it's the season when our days are just lined up. You know, we go from uh, column to podcast to HQ to radio hits to radio hosting to back to HQ. I mean, it feels like we are always on. And sometimes you just need a moment to chill. And there's only one beer out there that is literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind, which can be much needed when we're pouring in the research for these locks. Uh, Don't miss the new packaging from Coors Light. It's already out there hitting the shelves. The new design features clear skies that invite you to sit back, unwind and drink it all in and the iconic Coors Light Mountains yep they still turn blue as your beer as your beer turns as cold as the Rockies it's the same new look same ice cold refreshment Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get Coors Light in that new look with the Rockies that still turn blue when your beer is cold, it can be delivered straight to your door if you go to CoorsLight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Coors the doors.
0: There we go. That's what you want to do. That's when you're trying to, what is it? You Coors the door to make sure you don't get a back door. I don't know. Hold on. I'll (laughs) workshop that. (laughs) We'll get Coors Light. We'll get a Coors Light preventing back door cover uh, figured out. Uh, here in the next little bit. All right. So three, three, three. Um, let's see, Danny, want to, where do you want to go? I'll go uh, noon kickoff
3: your boys, Carolina Tar Heels versus Syracuse. Now I, I'm a little bit concerned about North Carolina. Uh, I've mentioned that a couple of times on here. Can they, how do they respond to the expectations? Are they really a contender to be that, second or third team, best team in the ACC. I'm still a little bit out on that. But as Barton has said, it's the year of the favorite. (laughs) I'm going to go with that one here. And I want to get this. I'm glad you went to me because I want to get on it before it moves even more Uh, because people have been coming in on North Carolina. Uh, It's up to 23 right now is what I'm looking at. Land 23. I think it opened at 21. I think it is the right side to be on. I you know, you know, obviously Sam Howe gets a lot of attention, but he's also got four players around him on the offensive side of the ball who have all gained at least 1,000 yards from scrimmage last season. So I think the fireworks are going to continue for Sam Howe. in Syracuse, again, something Barton mentioned about mindset, where teams are, how bad do they want to be there. We already saw some players expressing a desire maybe uncomfortable playing. I don't know where Syracuse is mentally, so I'm going to jump on the heels, land the 23. Whew.
1: You know, I'm looking at our dock here, and I'm seeing a whole lot of blue. I'm seeing a whole lot yeah. of lock agreement. I'm seeing a whole lot of lock unity. And I think I think the dock needs a little bit of red. Mm. Give me that fight. Fight, 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 fight. I know this goes against a lot of my principles. For what I've felt for 2020 about favorites and talent, all that stuff, but this is still a principal play to me. And I've talked about it a bit on the show already. I understand that Syracuse has had a couple guys opt out, they've they've lost a couple running backs, they've had a linebacker who's sitting out the season to protest social justice. But what I'm protesting is North Carolina is more than a three touchdown favorite (laughs) against anybody. This is a team that I think we are way too eager to forget finished seven and six last year and needed three wins to finish the season to get to seven and six. This was a four and six team at one point. This was not some kind of juggernaut that was unstoppable and they finished well. And they have a very good quarterback and I understand all of that, but I am just not ready to take the Tar Heels as three touchdown favorites. This is principal. Give me Syracuse plus 23. So
0: North Carolina, I'm not on this game, uh, but it is. it has been a good week to reset everything with the Tar Heels. And one thing that has stood out to me is that it, anecdotally, I remembered I was like, yeah, like Sam Howe in the fourth quarter was awesome. And you go back and you look at it, and there were some just awful, awful like – I mean, Mac Brown again, a lot of credit for everything that happened. But do y'all remember when he iced oh, his time? own When he iced his own <laughs> kicker against Virginia mm-hmm. Tech? I mean, they lost in overtime to Pittsburgh. They lost in overtime to Virginia Tech. They lost a game against App State that they had every business winning. They lost to Wake Forest, a game that they had every business winning. North Carolina went three and six in one score games. So you could say you know, they were so close to being a nine win team, you know, if they get a few more lucky bounces. But I do think that there was some, uh, some mistakes that were made. Like they were the worst second quarter team in college football after about six games. How do you, how, how does that happen? So I'm, I I am thinking that North Carolina might have some hiccups. Now, the reason I'm not on this game is because I do have some um uncertain feelings after being real strong on Tommy DeVito, Jim Tan laundry, my man who's going <laughs> to come in and, and take over that uh, pride of New Jersey, take over that Syracuse offense. But, you know, I, I definitely think that it might not look, they might not look like world beaters out the gate is kind of what I'm thinking about North Carolina. Again, Syracuse might have so many hiccups themselves or they might have their own investment issues, but the, the cooling off period for North Carolina is based a little bit more in like they were four and four and every game was within a touchdown. So, yeah, they could have been nine and four. But, yeah, they also came really, really close if Sam Howell doesn't lead them back in the fourth quarter against South Carolina and Miami to miss in the bowl game. So it's, uh, it was a little bit of a tightrope last year. We'll see how. It freshman
3: goes. mistakes, true freshman mistakes, and Mac Brown back on the sideline. head to iron. Those are all out of their system. Now they're good. What does make me nervous? Tommy DeVito, you mentioned him. Finished the season, last nine games, sixteen touchdowns, one interception, making me a little nervous. But I still like the heels. Uh
0: yeah.
2: So, for <clears throat> as I look and as I sit here and I and I see Danny wearing his his towel, Listening. shirtless, and. <laughs> <in the, laughs> In the steam room after the the flight simulator. Um, and I hear Tom come in with, I, we need some more red in this. Like, all I can think about is the hammer and the sickle of the Soviet <laughs> Union. And all I want to do is get on the side of Iceman Canel. Yes. It's the, it's the week of the favorites, <laughs> Tom. I am playing North Carolina. Fire. Okay. All right. So I would, I would, I would. Back up my wingman, Danny, on a lot of the things that he was saying. Uh, I would also add that I just don't think Syracuse is going to be very good this year. Like, this is the time. This is the time when there's teams you don't think are very good. Like, get on them now before there's an adjustment made. I don't think Syracuse is going to be very good. I didn't think they were going to be very good before their top two running backs were out. I don't think they're going to be very good now. They're not that deep on the offensive line. Yes, North Carolina didn't do that great in one-score games. This is not going to be a one-score game. Yes, they didn't blow out a lot of teams last year. They blew out the last team they played. Uh, I, I think that this last year was a lot of first-year growing pains, and I think that this team is pretty talented, and it feels a little bit weird taking a 23-point t- a line, uh, North Carolina, but this is the year of the favorite. And – I think that when I look at the, you know, the public, like this is actually a line that's moving in the opposite direction of the public, which makes me feel a little bit better about it too. So, um, I am, uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump on this too. And I, I also think it could keep on climbing, man. That's high, but Hey, let's do it.
0: All right. Uh, coming up on the other side, more of our week two locks next overreaction time it's a really really uh risky pick because it feels like a major overreaction and this listen the line is dancing so i'm losing some value here but i think we gotta we gotta give jake spavitol his flowers while we can right now okay Because this Texas State team, they do not mess around in San Marcos, right? They have shown that they will let however many fans that they had in there, they were rowdy and they were making noise. Socially distanced, of course. But the Bobcats were feisty at home against SMU. And we've got them right now. And this opened at six and a half. And I guess it's all the way out to like eight and a half right now as they host UTSA. And so I, I love what I saw out of Brady McBride. I think that that offense was fun. I think the Texas State team was locked in and competitive. I think the extra game is an advantage. And UTSA, well, we've got some late scratches. Again, every a lot of teams we're going to be talking about. Like it is a reason that you could say that you're picking against a team, or you could say, oh, it's no big deal. they are no starters, but. UTSA. We've got some players that are going to be held out for COVID-related reasons, positive cases, and/or contact tracing. So Texas State, with the game under its belt, yes, I'm probably losing some value because of the way they played and competed against SMU. But I, I think that we were on it a little bit last year. We kind of saw what was happening in this, uh, in, heading into this SMU game. Let's go ahead and get it again before it gets out of control, we're going to go Texas state minus eight and a half against UTSA. Nothing.
1: Mm. (laughs) That's our (laughs) (laughs) conference USA play of the week.
0: Uh,
3: All right. Who's got, I like the enthusiasm though. Who's got plays left.
1: Uh, I have one play left. Okay. Anybody else? I have two left. <laughs> I have, right. I, have t- I have, I have two at least. Well then, I'll let you guys go first.
2: Um, go ahead, go ahead, Martin.
1: Okay, so uh,
2: as I've as I've I've mentioned, uh, this is the week of the favorites, the year of the favorites. Okay, my piece, de resistance <laughs> of the week of the favorites, is here. Texas minus 42 and a half. Give it to me. Lay them all. (laughs) They're playing UTEP. (laughs) Explain to me what the score is going to be where they don't cover this spread. Is it going to like, is Texas going to be UTEP by like 31? Like, is it going to be like 38 to seven? Of course not. And if it is, then Texas is in trouble. This is going to be like a 58 to three type of deal. This is going to be an absurd game. This is going to be a waste of all of our time. And UTEP. And and frankly, it's probably a game that doesn't even need to be played. Like it's it's it it's unnecessary.
0: That's the Trey and Scott the, argument right there. What are we it's doing? It's an unnecessary yeah.
2: game. And so I, I just I you know if there's ever a year to lay forty three points, this is the year to lay forty three points. This is the week. To lay 43 points. This is UTEP is perhaps the worst team in college football or in in uh, FBS college football. So, you know, how many times are you going to get a shot at this? Give me, give me uh Texas land. Forty two and a half. Woo!
3: it's a lot.
2: It's going to be like, what yeah, I like it. Score. I'm not
3: playing it, but I like yeah. it.
2: UTEP's not going to score. If they score, they'll score a field goal. And and if Texas if Texas is held under forty points by UTEP, it's going to be a long year for Texas.
0: Yeah, that's it is a belief in Texas,
2: and it's a disbelief in UTEP.
0: <laughs> I mean, all right, okay, okay,
3: Janie. Uh, all right, I'll go to the uh, Florida State Georgia Tech game. Got to put something on this one. Three thirty ABC. There's a lot of money coming in on Florida State as the 12 and a half point favorite. I know it's the year of the favorites. I'm too nervous to touch that one. I don't, you know, I don't feel great about it. I, I think if I was going to take a side, I would take that. I know we've been on the under is better train and it has worked out pretty well. The total on this one that I'm seeing, the best number I can see is 52. Are you seeing that as well, Tom? Uh, yeah. 52 and a half. Yeah, 52. So I will take the over. By the way, I'm seeing like 70% oh, wait, 52 of the and bets. Half.
1: I found a 52 and a half for you. Yeah, I'll take the 52 oh, you're going and over. The, okay, I'm taking sorry.
3: the over. So I want to take the 52. Um a lot of money coming in on Florida State and a lot of money coming in on the under um in this one. I think the expectation is no Cam Akers. Uh Florida State's going to struggle offensively. Uh you know, Georgia Tech was 127th in the FBS in offense last year, so you know, low scoring affair. I don't I think Cam Akers is a running back, incredible running back. I think you win rookie of the year. Like if you take a bet in the NFL, take Cam Akers rookie of the year. I think he's outstanding. But they have plenty of depth at running back on Florida State. I'm not worried about that. I think they've got explosive players on the outside. I think James Blackman will excel in this offense. Um, but I also think Georgia Tech is going to be a little bit better offensively. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year with their lead. you know, their top passer, rusher, and wide receiver coming back. I think this one I might sweat out somewhat, but I could see Mike Norvell wanting to impress good first impressions come out there, you know, even looking to score late. But I also could see Georgia Tech hanging around late in the game, maybe score a late touchdown. fifty two is a pretty low number. I'm going to take the over on this one.
1: I found you at fifty one and a half, buddy. Oh, even better. I like the way you're I like your research. Thank you. I don't, no, I, I don't hate, hate it. Hate it. Yeah. I just, you know, I can't, I can't take it over. I can't do that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, it's it's
3: a little. I'm, I'm a little nervous about this, but I wanted something on this game.
0: I, uh, I, 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 like where you're at. I think that the strongest unit, though, is Florida State's defense, and so you're asking Georgia Tech to give you something, right? You need, you need Georgia Tech to hit something. Give me ten. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs>
3: okay. Give me ten points.
0: <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm tapped out.
1: I'll go with my last one then. I am. Uh, we we talked about some windy conditions earlier in Iowa State. Well, the winds are continuing on the plains, my friends. We're we're looking at nine to eleven mile per hour winds, slightly diagonal, not truly cross, but diagonalish in Manhattan, Kansas, for Kansas State and Arkansas State, which really only adds to the fire I had already started to build because Kansas State has been one of my underplays for a while now, because this is just the way that they play. Is conducive to unders because they're never in a hurry. In a time where every offense seems to want to run as many plays as possible, Kansas State always seems content to, eh, if we run 35, 40 plays, we're fine. Like last year, they averaged 64.7 plays per game. That was tied with Cal for the 111th most in the FBS level. And I think that they are a team. They're favored by a lot in this game, so they're going to control the tempo. They're going to dictate the style of play. They're going to limit the possessions. So I really don't think that Arkansas State's offense is going to be able to do a whole lot against them and I think Kansas State's going to take its time and plus it's just just some fun trends going along with what I think the under is 10 and 2 in Kansas State's mm-hmm. last 12 games as a favorite. It is 16 and 5 in Kansas State's last 21 home games and it is 19 7 and 1 in Kansas State's last 27 games overall. I just really think that it's it's conducive to the way that they play. Unders and Kansas State go together very well. So I think that's probably going to be what what Barton's Mississippi State well was last year. Might be Kansas State for me this year.
0: It's going to be windy in Manhattan. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in the game. That fire that you're building, I, I got a log from it, and I threw it on mine because when the weather report comes in and I'm hearing about Manhattan, Kansas, uh, creating some crosswind not total crosswinds, but at least diagonal winds, I have got to get in on that. Sweating out a Kansas State under in the noon window is my happy place on a Saturday. <laughs> lock agreement. A on one in. Right, all right, so... Is is that it for you, Tom?
1: I'm I'm tapped out.
0: All right, Danny, are you, you got one more? One more. One more, Barton. Yeah, on one more too. Yeah. Okay, uh,
2: Barton. So I'm uh in the in the week of the week of the favorites, I got to throw one token underdog in there. Frankly, this is probably gonna be the game I lose. The sacrificial lamb. <laughs> <laughs> <If> you gotta <laughs> if you gotta pass on one of my plays, maybe this is the one that you should pass on. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's my intoxication with the Will Healy experiment. Maybe it's—I um, don't know what it is—but I I, 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 got a hard time seeing Charlotte going to App State and losing by more than 17 points. Uh, I know that they, you know, that they they didn't last year, um, but I think that this is a team in year two taking a step forward. Um, their defense should be improved their offense should still be good uh app state i think sean clark's still a a good coach but i mean they did they, they are lacking scott Satterfield and eli drinkwitz who are two outstanding offensive minds and i guess we'll see um what what, what uh, app state's offense looks like here I, i'm sure they'll be good i'm sure they'll probably win um but i think that that charlotte is capable of taking a step and i think this this feels like one of those games where it is, uh they're gonna really be be very motivated to, to make this close they're gonna be very motivated every point's gonna count they're gonna try to get a backdoor cover if they can like they're gonna try to keep on scoring till the end if, if app state starts to pull away because they want this they want this to be a competitive series um, moving forward and so I, I just like the um, I, I like the spot here for Charlotte to come in week one and try to make this competitive
0: club lit going up is, is what we'll see this is they it is a brewing rivalry where uh Appalachian State and Charlotte's athletic directors want to make this an annual non-conference game so I mean rivalry game unders principal I mean not rivalry games take the dogs and rivalry games principal play that's
2: now, like- there's a lot of public on this one so I'm that worries me and the lines moved towards the public so um probably gonna catch this one like I did the ones last weekend but uh, again, gotta have gotta have one underdog in there.
0: Fifty-six to forty-one App State win when these two teams played last year. So should be fun either way. All right, Danny, what's your last one?
3: My last one, Oklahoma versus Missouri State. I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm gonna buy the pay-per-view yet. Probably not, unless <laughs> I'm sweating out this bet late in the game. Uh 42 Oklahoma's a forty-two and a half point favorite. You may ask why, because uh they have Played since '96, the Sooners are five and O versus FCS competition, winning those games by an average of 56 points. So why don't you jump all over the minus 42 and a half? I think it's because you've got Bobby Petrino on the other side of the football. I think what you could see are some points late in this game. I am going to take the over 66 and a half. Everyone's on the under, thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be a lopsided win, which it will be. But I do. You gotta consider Missouri State's only playing three non-conference games during this fall, so they, this is you know one of their opportunities to go out there and shine. I also think it means you might leave in your starters a little bit longer than normal, let them play an extended period of time, and I also have confidence that Bobby Petrino, at some point, sort of like the Cutcliffe conversation with Notre Dame, at some point he's gonna figure out how to get a garbage touchdown or two in there. So I think Oklahoma will just keep scoring touchdowns every time they do. So, I think the over is gonna hit in the Oklahoma game.
1: I can't wait until that total's sitting at like fifty eight halfway through the fourth quarter and Danny's sweating it. And he's just sitting there like, do I spend the 50 bucks to watch this? Do I spend the 50 bucks to watch this? And then bam, he puts it in and says, I they need me. They need my support. I'm putting in 50 bucks to watch this.
0: Yeah. More
3: likely scenario is finding somebody on Twitch, but we wouldn't recommend doing that.
0: I was going to say this, this is where you uh, get really, really familiar with the living room or the basement TV of somebody in Oklahoma (laughs) after watching their, uh, their free stream. I, So Ronnie Perkins was listed as a starter for Oklahoma when they released their depth chart. The assumption by many of the Oklahoma beat writers is that Ronnie Perkins, who is suspended, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who is suspended, and Trajan Bridges, who is suspended, uh, that they, while being listed all as starters, will not be playing. And so Oklahoma defensively could be in a position where they are giving up some points and that could help you. I, I am not going to lock it up, but I absolutely like the thinking behind it. All right. Last call. Any SMU like final logs on the fire Barton? Barton.
2: No, I'm already, I'm already one more than I, than I wanted to go and probably three more than I should. So (laughs) I'll, I'll sit Pat. (laughs)
0: To recap, Tom's card, we got Louisiana at Iowa State under 57. Notre Dame covering the 20 at Duke. Clemson minus 32 and a half at Wake Forest. Syracuse, the dog, plus 23 in Chapel Hill at UNC. And Arkansas, Kansas State under 54 and a half. Barton's card, UAB at Miami under 55. Notre Dame, oh, favorites, baby. Notre Dame minus 20 at Duke. Clemson, minus 32 and a half at Wake. North Carolina, minus 23 against Syracuse. Texas, minus 42 and a half. And Will Healy doing it for Club Lit, plus 17 at App State. Chips Card, Louisiana covering 12 at Iowa State. Clemson and Wake, under 60-and-a-half. Duke and Notre Dame, under 54-and-a-half. Texas State, fighting Spavs, covering eight and a half at home against UTSA. And then Arkansas State, Kansas State, under 54-and-a-half. Danny's card, Thursday night, UAB at Miami, under 55. Clemson at Wake, under 60-and-a-half. Clemson, minus 32-and-a-half at Wake. UNC minus 23 against Syracuse. The Georgia Tech, Florida State over 51 and a half. And the Missouri State at Oklahoma over 66 and a half. We've got a lock fight on our hands with Barton and Danny taking on Tom. And our lock agreements include Barton and Danny on the UAB Miami under with Tom and Barton on the Notre Dame covering 20. Then Chip and Danny on the Clemson wake under then Clemson minus 32 and a half is a lock unity. Danny Barton, Tom UNC minus 23. Again. Yeah. We mentioned that the lock fight and then a lock agreement with Arkansas state, Kansas state under 54 and a half one lock fight, several lock agreements, one three-way lock unity. Gentlemen, I, I think our, our card is, uh, is looking good right now. How are we feeling about it?
1: Five and zero. It's going to be fun. week fun week I, too here. Good.
3: I don't like being this confident I did a lot of research I don't feel I don't love it but I like I'm, I'm gonna ride with
1: it hey you know all that all that really matters to me you know no matter what my picks do I'm just hoping Barton finally gets one right this week
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would I'd be hoping that too or maybe you shouldn't hope that considering <laughs> this is the three time defending champ here <laughs> Ooh.
0: you know I'm uh I'm okay if he doesn't Looking at my card. <laughs> I'm, if he throws up another Ofer, that means I'm, I'm still okay. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll certainly be talking about it. Be sure that you uh, subscribe to the show if you're hearing this for the first time so you can get all of these picks first. Follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Pennell. You can follow him at Danny Connell. Follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Yep.